BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Okay. Got my checkbook. It's a few days until the end of the month, so I got to pay rent. And just so I don't forget, we're doing that right now. Let's go put this puppy in the mailbox. Paying rent in the Bay Area has never been that much fun, but now it's often become pretty damn controversial and political. This week, tenant advocates who want to repeal the state law known as Costa-Hawkins say they turned in enough signatures to get the measure on the November ballot. The law basically limits how much rent control cities can have. We want to stay in our homes. We are tired of spending half of our income in rent. Landlords and others worry that getting rid of Costa-Hawkins will open the floodgates for rent control policies. Supply and demand is a simple story, and what we need are new houses, not more regulation. A lot of people still don't know much about the Costa-Hawkins law. Well, today we're going to help you out. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. When I first started reporting on housing issues for KQD a few years ago, I kept hearing Costa Hawkins, and it was one of those like terms about housing that nobody really fully knew. They knew it had to do with rent control. So what is Costa Hawkins? Lucky for you, I know this one. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Blachek is a reporter and editor for KQED's Bay Curious podcast. Costa Hawkins was passed in 1995. Uh, it passed by one vote. What's really important about Costa-Hawkins is what it says cities and municipalities are not allowed to do. It says that you can't put rent control on buildings built after February 1st of 1995. So anything before that could potentially be subject to rent control. They wanted to guarantee that developers uh, could get their money back when they're building. Gotcha. Um, and so it also kept in place exemptions to rent control in cities like L.A. and San Francisco. So like L.A. and San Francisco already had rent control in place and it just froze the laws, laws that they had. So another thing is it allows landlords to bring their apartments or their rental units up to market rate as soon as a tenant moves out. Okay, so I'm in an apartment and I move out. My landlord can then just raise the rent to basically whatever he or she wants. Totally. But then the, if it's a rent-controlled apartment, like it was built in 1960, then they can only increase it so much once you're already in. So they're kind of incentivized to like push it to the limit when when someone moves out. And is this the same for apartment buildings, for single family homes across the board? What is this for? Yeah, so this is 
There are a few exemptions. Costa Hawkins says no single-family homes and a lot of condos are also exempt from it. Okay. So in neighborhoods where we see a lot of single-family homes, let's say the suburbs, uh, none of those, pretty much none of those are rent-controlled. Correct. Okay. According to Costa Hawkins, that's not chill. Are we really talking about cities? Are we talking about suburbs? I know it's across the board, but where is this mostly taking place? Yeah, I believe there's 15 cities in California that have some form of rent control, and they're mostly major cities like San Francisco, L.A., Oakland, San Jose. What part of Costa Hawkins do you find most interesting? Ooh... Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of nitty-gritty little interesting things we can get into. So I talked to this economist from Stanford. My name's Rebecca Diamond. I'm an assistant professor of economics. Who has done one of uh, what a lot of experts say is the best study on if rent control works. So we find for the tenants that were living in San Francisco at the time of the law change, so they're already in their apartment, they benefit dramatically by rent control. And what she found was that landlords, I mean, I don't think this should surprise us, don't like rent control. I've they don't like that, price yeah. cap. This is a very costly policy for them. It's, it forces them to provide these subsidies. And one way to get out of it is to convert their properties to condos, and they could make more money that way. So during her roughly two decades long study, she saw that 15% of San Francisco's rental unit just disappeared, went off the rental market. It also just like kind of encourages or it plays to a slightly a crowd with slightly deeper pockets. Hmm. And and deeper pockets often mean... The people who benefit most from rent control tend to be slightly older because they're the ones who have been able to stay in the same unit for years and years and years, whereas uh, young people, they have to move for a lot of different reasons. So there was a legislative hearing earlier this year on January 11th. I want to welcome everyone to the January 11th. That brought out this packed crowd. Due to the very high turnout at this hearing, in fact, we're estimating we have... There was person after person who got up and made their case both for and against rent control. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. It was long. It was long. <laughs> My name is Maria Alvarez. I'm support AD 1506. Less light, Sacramento Tenants Union, please repeal Costa Hawkins. Teresa Wagner, a Midtown Sacramento landlord, and I'm opposed to... My name is Teresa Carr. I'm a small landlord in Solano County, and I'm a member of CAA, and I'm asking you to vote no. This committee failed to pass any sort of legislation on. I think they needed four votes. They, they got three. They got three, and it just died. Yeah, but... Just this week, tenant advocates say that they have gotten enough signatures to put this on the November ballot. Proponents pushing to repeal Costa Hawkins say they have enough signatures to place the issue before voters this November. All right. So in November, we're going to be voting on Costa Hawkins. Yeah, whether or not to overturn it, which would essentially untie the hands of cities to create whatever rent control laws they want. Why why do people want to overturn Costa Hawkins and get rid of it? Okay, not everybody wants that. But uh, <laughs> the people who do want it, they, you know, some of them see this 79 cutoff date as really long ago. And, you know, the units that are available to be under rent control, they're shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. So there's going to be less of them. 
some people might say they want rent control on every single unit in all of California. We're in a housing crisis. We need to fight fire with fire. So people people have different wants and needs. And I mean, like the big thing is we're in a housing crisis and people are turning to rent control as a potential way to solve this hot, hot mess. I've talked to landlords before, but I, nothing. Have you? Yeah, I've talked to do landlords you have one? before. I do have one. <laughs> okay, sorry. It's great. I love him. <laughs> uh, but what is their? Why do they want Costa Hawkins? Like, how do how do they justify keeping Costa Hawkins? So when I talk to developers, they say that building in California is already so difficult and so expensive. You know, this extra push will make all of the investors flee. Jessica, thanks. I got you. The Secretary of State's office still needs to confirm the signatures that would qualify a ballot measure for November that would repeal Costa Hawkins. So until the election, we want to keep this conversation going. In fact, we asked you this week to call in with your thoughts about either Costa Hawkins or about rent control, and you didn't disappoint. I am a homeowner and landlord in San Francisco. Our building is covered by rent control. I think it's incredibly important to help people stay in their home. I have been impacted severely by the Costa Hawkins law. I've been forced out of my home twice now. I'm 70, almost 75. I'm a uh, beneficiary of rent control. The apartment I live in is currently rent controlled. But it is, uh, it's not a good idea. It, it takes housing stock out of the general market. It actually makes most market rents more expensive because you have less, less housing stock. I live in Emeryville and I've lived here for eight and a half years. My starting rent was $1,500 a month. Two years ago, my rent went up more than 30%, and then it went up again more than 30%. Next year, I'm expecting 15%. It's criminal. Um, I think that we need rent control. Okay, thanks. All right, so here we are in front of the blue box. Looks like it's had better days, but let's go ahead and open this guy up. All right, that is Paying Rent with the Bay. The Bay is made possible each week with the amazing producers, Vinny Tong and Erica Aguilar. Senior editors are Julia McAvoy, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. And thank you so much to everybody who called in this week with their stories about rent control and Costa Hawkins. Uh, the show is made by a public media station and it can't be done without your support and without your help. So thank you so much. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Since everything seems to involve politics in some way, I want to introduce you to another KQED podcast called Political Breakdown. Host Scott Schaefer and Marisa Lagos make the state capital and the people who run the place fun. Said he's stepping down. Um, to spend more time with his family. Can you see the eye roll through? Are there the... a lot of parents with teenage kids whose kids want to spend more time with them? I don't know. Subscribe to Political Breakdown wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from Throughline. 
If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.